What's up, you guys? It's your host, Anna. Welcome to this week's episode on Undereducated. Today, I'm here with Coach Lindsay, and we're covering three things I know we all could learn a little bit more about. Fitness, nutrition, and mindset. Tune in now, and let's get going. so excited to get chatting you I'll be totally honest when I saw your Instagram bio I was totally drawn in because I was like prenatal and postnatal coaching one I think that's so beneficial and something that I feel like a lot of women just or people out there who have a baby just are misinformed about what exercise can look like during pregnancy so I always love when someone has something to offer something about that because I think it's so valuable But I also was so intrigued by the kitchen witch. And I think that, again, it's probably something that all of us are a little undereducated about and could use some wisdom on. So I hope from our conversation today, we all learn something new. And I think we will. So let's maybe start with your own women's health journey and what kind of drew you to working with that population of people. Because I think it's a very niche job (laughs) and not for everybody. So kind of tell us about that yeah absolutely I was studying physical education in my undergrad and trying to find my place in fitness and nutrition and at the time it was kind of the beginning of you you had to declare if you're vegan or Mm -hmm. gluten-free or Mm -hmm. whatever you identified as and people really stuck to those Mm -hmm. and I didn't identify under any of that. I don't yes. have any allergies, so I'm able to eat whatever I want. Yes. And I didn't want to cut stuff out. I wanted yes. to be able to have chocolate cake if that's what I wanted, or a glass of wine if that's what I wanted, yes. or skip a workout without feeling guilty and like I'm the worst person in the world if that's what my body needed. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to find this balance in what I refer to with a lot of my clients as diet culture and trying to get away from that and just doing what truly feels good to me and what's aligned with me, knowing that that changes on a daily basis. Yes, and I think that's so healthy. And like you said, diet culture is so huge in our society and something that I think has become a very crippling thing for a lot of people. And for you to have a perspective and a mindset that's outside of that already, even just from the get-go, I think probably makes you an incredible coach. So do you feel that with society being the way it is, you deal with a lot of clients that kind of come in kind of crippled by diet culture? Like it's kind of something they have to overcome? For sure. And myself included. Oh, I mean, like we're all, I'm like, we're all kind of guilty. I'll be honest. I'm still, you know, I still catch myself having certain thoughts and I have to check it and call it out. And at least awareness, of course, is that first step of changing it. But of course, you know. Some of my clients that I work with, I've worked with for years. I've been able to see them go from marriage to having kids. You know, I've been coaching them through for the years. And so they're very familiar with my message and they know what they want to stay away from. And some Mm -hmm. are newer to it and they 
have maybe only heard diet culture one time, but they don't really mm-hmm. know what it is. And so, you know, we, we approach things in a gentle way, really trying to meet every person where they're at because we're all at different places in our journey. And, it, and it's important, especially for women, to be able to make choices in their own health and choose what their goals are and have a real meaning behind it and not just society tells me I need to be doing this or be looking like that so I have to do this what do I actually want what's going to fit into my lifestyle because if you have to overhaul everything in two weeks or five days or whatever it is it's not going to last that long (laughs) like sweetheart yeah (laughs) we want long term we want sustainability when it comes to our approach to health and wellness so you know, every person is a little bit different. And I think that's what's fun about it for me is it's not cookie cutter. It can be challenging to meet with someone who is totally brand new to the way I work with clients. Mm -hmm. And that's a good challenge for me because I get to really dig deep with them and figure out how can we make it work for you and unlearn some of the thinking that we're all trying to get away from. Yeah, absolutely. So for yourself, did you find as you kind of were drawn to the fitness industry, was it because you found yourself kind of falling into this like diet culture kind of oh for sure I mean I first got into lifting weights because I wanted to look a certain way Mm -hmm. right and it and I should say actually before it was weights it was cardio oh yeah (laughs) it was all cardio we're all afraid of weights we're all the cardio queens right (laughs) and I was lucky in my undergrad I actually got put so I was going to be a teacher at the time okay and so I had all these different internships and one of them was in a weightlifting classroom in a high school as as, with a woman coach in it and she was incredible and just totally changed my perspective on lifting weights and what it could do. And at that time I was elliptical queen four to five times a week in the yes. gym and did yoga. And then I learned about strength training and resistance training and progressive mm-hmm. overload and just saw how powerful it could make someone feel. And it was especially cool because we were working with teenagers at the time. Mm-hmm. So we had boys and girls in a classroom and especially to see that transformation for these young teen girls, I was like, okay, this is badass. We yes. feel amazing doing it. It has incredible health benefits. And there was still the diet culture, if I'm being honest. I yes, wanted to yes. look a certain way. I wanted to sculpt and, and mm-hmm. look a certain way for sure. Um, over the years, I've gotten more away from that and more what feels good, especially now being a mom. It's just, okay, yeah. what feels good? What can I actually fit in? Yeah, you're like, <laughs> I have 10 minutes today, yeah, so here exactly, we go. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And if 10 minutes is what you have, that's great. Whereas yeah. most people would be like, oh, I have 10 minutes. It's not worth it. 10 minutes is better than zero minutes. So we make, we make it happen. Yes, and I love that. And I think every mom needs to hear that because I think that can be something that's so debilitating in my own experience I kind of like you I was very much just like the cardio queen Mm -hmm. like I was so into all the different fitness classes and then I had my first baby and it was like oh my gosh like I'm never gonna make it to the gym again and it became a really big mental struggle for me to like find a place that you know I felt fulfilled in in exercise because I think to me and it probably was a bit of this like societal culture of like I need to go to the gym five times a day for an hour to look this way you know what I mean and um to have the mental shift of you know what if it's 10 minutes today and it gets some endorphins going and I feel good in my body like go me you know absolutely and I don't think that's an easy shift to make but I imagine having a coach that's behind you kind of encouraging that mindset shift would be everything. 
Yeah, honestly. absolutely. We call it all or nothing thinking. Yeah. Also thinking along a dichotomy. It's that black and white thinking in nutrition mm. and fitness. And we're taught that through diet culture, right? Yes. It has to look this way. I mean, there's all sorts of programs. I'm not going to name them because we all know what they are. Yes, but there's all yes. sorts of programs where you have to eat this way or you have to do these workouts. And if you don't, if you, quote, fall off the wagon, you have to start all over. Like yes. you could do... 29 days of a 30-day program and on that 29th day you eat something off of it all of a sudden those 29 days it's are totally discredited yeah Yeah. so this is that diet culture of what it's taught us all or nothing thinking and when really all of the magic happens in the messy middle in the gray area and I tell clients that all the time is and it's still that's that's one of the biggest struggles I see even clients I've worked with for years they might have grasped it with their workouts they're like okay i know 10 minutes is better than zero minutes Mm -hmm. but they might still have all or nothing thinking when it comes to nutrition Mm -hmm. and it would look something like okay i woke up i was rushed ran out the door grabbed the donut on the way to work and then that leads into i'm just screw my nutrition the rest of the day i'm not going to be mindful about it and that's you know when it might fall into a different area of their life so we can have you know a little bit more flexibility in one area but struggle in another area. And so that's a lot of what we work on. It's a lot of mindset work. I love that. Let's jump a little into like how you approach someone prenatally. Yes. Because I think, again, I would imagine you often find people who are kind of stuck in this societal, horrible rat race Mm -hmm. of diet culture and exercise and fitness and say they want to have a baby. How do you approach someone who maybe you see is kind of caught up in this and you know may not be in the healthiest place. I mean, like in terms of fertility, there are a lot of things that kind of connect. Yeah. And when you say are below a certain weight that you don't have a menstrual cycle, yep. you are not going to be able to conceive, right? That's kind of A to B. Right. <laughs> but people out there lack the education to know that if I'm skipping my cycle, something's off. Like, I think that's such a thing in women's health. It's like, oh, yeah, I just didn't have my period for a couple months. And I'm like, to me, giant red flag. To a lot of women, it's a gift. (laughs) You know what I mean? Some people are like, it was great. I didn't have to deal with my cycle. But I think that can also be pinned back to diet and nutrition. 100%. And so it's like, how do you approach someone that may be preparing to conceive but might be focusing more on that than their cycle or something? Very gently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Very, very gently. I ask a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. So I have seen it where clients, they, you know, they come in and they're proud because they don't have a, a period. Yeah. And if they're going into a trying to conceive phase, you know, the first question is, well, if you're not having a period, what is the plan for you to conceive? How are we, you know, connecting those dots? And mm-hmm. what is the conversation that you're having with your doctor? Sometimes they haven't even, you know, seen their doctor in the last year. Yeah. And so, and I try to be very careful careful about my scope of practice. And so yes. it's a lot of just some questions to see where their mindset is at. A lot of them will come to the conclusion on their own where, oh, I need to be ovulating. Oh, you mm-hmm. know, my cycle's not regular. It's, mm-hmm. you know, there's some of those lines. And I love to work with doctors too. So yeah. they'll, we'll usually talk about having their first consultation. You know, you haven't seen your doctor in a year. You want to try to conceive make that appointment, tell them that you're working with me, let them know I'm pre and postnatal certified, and I would love to have a conversation with them. And then that's something that we can kind of team up on because it's good for them to get care and hear the same thing from both aspects as well. And we can kind of approach it in a way that's going to be effective because it really is different. Some people will respond right away by saying, look it, 
we need you to increase your calorie intake. You're not eating enough. And I see this all the time. Women don't eat enough to fuel their bodies. And especially if they're active, you've got to be eating more than 1,200 calories a day. That's what my three-year-old eats. (laughs) No, truly, though. (laughs) You're like, okay. (laughs) Yeah, so we've got to make sure we're fueling enough, especially when you're active. And even if you're not super active and getting a lot of movement, you still need to fuel your body. And so some people respond right away, and it's not super surprising to them. For others, they they need a little bit more education. And so... I will sit them down and tell them, this is what a two-year-old would eat in a day. You're barely getting that. And you're grown. And yes. you're how tall and you weigh how much. You need a little bit more than that. Yes, yes. <laughs> so, and that usually clicks with them. They, they yeah. really understand that. And then even, we'll talk about when they do have a child. We want to be, of course, the best role models. None of us are perfect. We're all going to make yes. mistakes. But our kids are watching us all the time, right? We want to make sure that we're showing them an example of taking care of ourselves in a healthy way and not in a restricting way that's actually making our health worse over the long run. I love that. And I think just the mindset shift of restrictive to healthy is so huge. Correct. And I think that's something that is so transferable into every phase of life because every phase looks different, right? Before you have kids, what a healthy lifestyle is may in your brain be six days at the gym three macro counted meals and there you are (laughs) you know when then all of a sudden you have a baby guess what you can't go to the gym six days a week and you're probably not getting around to counting your macros (laughs) you know what I mean and and that can be such I can imagine that to be such like a crazy mind game to overcome on top of the postpartum feelings and hormone shifts that you're going through that just throw your body out of whack anyway absolutely so I just I love that you're enabling people literally beforehand to create kind of this way of thinking that I think really will enable them to have a more positive journey into motherhood. Absolutely. Well, you touched on a really good point um, about healthy living. We all get to decide what that means for us. Mm, And it's going to change in every single season. Mm -hmm. My idea of healthy living five years ago is completely different now that I have a daughter and I'm also pregnant and it looks very different for me right now. And it's going to look different in three years and four years and five years. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. And I think having a mindset of flexibility around this is what is healthy for me right now. This is what works for me right now. This fits into my life right now. In six months, it might look different. In one year, it might look different. And that's okay. Be gentle with ourselves and understand that we've got to meet ourselves where we're at. We're not going to bully ourselves into reaching any particular goal. That never works. So having that compassion and allowing ourselves to define what healthy living is today, knowing that can change, we're allowed to change that over time, that's a beautiful thing. And it creates a lot of acceptance around the journey. Yes, and giving yourself grace along the way and knowing like it is okay when it changes and you are still doing great even when it does change. I think that's huge. Let's talk a little bit about your own health, honestly. Mm -hmm. Now that you're pregnant, what has kind of, what what do you do during your pregnancies? (laughs) Like what's your mindset shift that helps you Um, in pregnancy? I survived the first trimester. (laughs) Hey, girl, yes. It's survival mode. Yes. I, so it was really cool when I was pregnant with my daughter, which was, I got pregnant with her and then five months later, pandemic hit. Okay. Okay. And then I was going through my pre and postnatal cert at that time. And it was interesting because, you know, I think before we've ever had a kid, we picture pregnancy, especially being in the health and wellness industry. 
I pictured it looking a very particular way. Mm -hmm. And then with my daughter, I experienced really bad depression in that first trimester, which I didn't even know was a thing during pregnancy. Yes. Um, And so on top of nausea and some other personal things that were going on in my life, it was a really hard time. And I remember one of my classes for pre and postnatal certification, we were talking about nutrition and all I wanted was bagels. Bagels was like, yes. I joked, I'm pregnant women live off bagels. <laughs> no, for real. And it's French fries for me. Yeah, for right? <laughs> something, something carby. Yes. <laughs> and I felt so guilty. I'm like, oh, and that's diet culture, right? Yes. Even yes. though I had spent years trying to unlearn that, yes. when I when I had my pregnancy, it was not easy. Mm-hmm. And so I remember in one of our classes, we were ta- having this conversation and you know, they were talking about, that's what your prenatal is for. You are taking a prenatal. It's going to fill in some of those gaps. Mm-hmm. And it's and I say this to my clients all the time. A full belly is better than an empty belly. And that's yes. so true, especially when you're pregnant. You're getting calories. Your body needs those calories. Yes. Calories are energy, and your body needs that. So mm-hmm. that first trimester is survival. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and with this pregnancy, it was the same. I mean, I actually had more sickness during this pregnancy than I did with my mm-hmm. with my daughter. And so, but this one, all the guilt was, I didn't have any of yes. it. You're like, we are just here. Yep. I was like, I love I'm that. here and I'm pregnant and, like, and whatever I need. go you. Awesome. Like for real. Thank you. Thank you. To have been able to like admit, yes, that you still in our subconscious, even when you've tried to train your brain around like this mindset and way of thinking, like we're human. Yeah. And for you to be like, yeah, sometimes I felt guilty about literally only eating bagels. Like, that's so real. Mm-hmm. And thank you for being yeah, honest and vulnerable sure. about that. Because I think, again, especially in the fitness industry and as a fitness professional, it'd be very easy to just be like, oh, I don't struggle with those things. But let me help you. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, oh, I think that's sure. like so. Which we see a lot of. There. <laughs> yes. Like, I'm like, I feel like that's ev- like out there everywhere. Yeah. So for you to be straightforward and just be like, no, bro, I ate bagels. And I felt bad about it for a minute. But like, here you are. Second pregnancy not feeling the shame and guilt right and like go you thank That's you awesome. thank you but i'm glad you're feeling better thank first you first trimester is done <laughs> yeah so now that i'm able to eat more of a variety yes. that is great like and i think also at the end of that first trimester the end of just not feeling good whenever that ends for any person that's pregnant it's it's almost nice to just go back into variety of foods because you kind yes. of just get used to eating one specific way and i'm like okay i'm craving a salad and I haven't had that for months. I haven't yes. even wanted to look at a vegetable. And I'm so happy that I yes. can now go and do that. And just even cooking, very huge for me in my life. Mm-hmm. I did not cook for two months. <laughs> like, it was just the bare minimum of what could I do. We ate a lot of macaroni and cheese. My daughter I did. It. I love it. Hey, and she probably lived her best life. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. It's, like, She's obviously like, her favorite thing. So she was not mad. So it's, like, you know, I'm letting go of that guilt of, oh, yes. is this, like, okay for my child? You know, there's yes. so much of that shame and guilt we have to let go of and now being able to get back into cooking for myself and cooking for my family which I genuinely love to do has been it's been such a game changer and just for my mental health because I know it's something I love I'm like okay I'm starting to feel like myself again and this is great and I love to get movement in it feels good for me but again in the first trimester it was the bare minimum which because of what I do for a living I am a little bit more active so yes. I do teach a couple of virtual classes so I was doing that and I'm like this is enough I'm showing yes. up yes. and doing what I can and now that I'm feeling better I have a little bit more energy to do um, a little bit more the weather's getting a little bit nicer so yes. even just getting outside and going for a walk 
yes makes it's a so huge good difference. for literally everything yes. <laughs> our yes. bodies our health our yeah. mind I cannot wait for spring but um I think that that's a lovely perspective to hear from again someone in the fitness industry and to know that like giving yourself grace in that every day might look different especially in that first trimester and moving into the second you feel better like do things that feel good to you and you know shying away from the this is the regimen you should be following and this is how it should look I think is so healthy when it comes to fitness in your pregnancies do you feel that I mean obviously you know you're educated what modifications are you making to kind of protect your belly yeah so in the first trimester there's not a ton of modifications Mm -hmm. that really have to be made and it is interesting because with this pregnancy my belly popped way sooner yeah you're (laughs) like you always hear yeah (laughs) um and so that's something to pay attention to because we want to we're never going to completely avoid diastasis which is that separation of the abs right we're all going to get that when we're pregnant but there are things that can make it worse and there are things that we can avoid and so now that I'm definitely showing more I'm not I'm not um, I'm modifying my planks so I'll do an incline plank right Mm -hmm. now Mm -hmm. and just kind of as my belly gets bigger paying attention to coning which um if yes explain that for people yeah if anyone's not familiar with that it's it's the best way to describe it without like showing you an image is just the it's it's pressure on the the middle the part of your belly and okay. it's so like where your belly button is yeah exactly okay. where your belly button is above even below okay um it's really obvious when you look at it and see it mm-hmm. it's i would just say on most people it's pretty obvious to see when it's happening and you always want to avoid something like that mm-hmm. um there are if, if you, you google it it's great to see the image so yes, i would encourage yes. people to google what coning looks like on a pregnant woman because we do have um some great people that are showing images like that on social media and, and on the internet now so um we want to avoid that as much as possible yeah. and so it can be different for every person um, so far, I really haven't had the, the biggest modification for me is not just doing those planks mm-hmm. um, and doing just more of an incline plank. So I'm still I'm planking. I'm just doing on an incline now. I'm still deadlifting. I'm still squatting. I'm a big into strength training. I'm able to do all of that comfortably. Mm-hmm. I've noticed a little pressure when I'm doing like a split squat. Okay. So I'm just leaning forward and I feel a lot better that way. For now, mm-hmm. I might cut those out completely. At some point, we'll see um, that leaning forward modification has worked for me. I've had some clients where they've just, we couldn't do any split squat work and that's fine. And everyone can be different. If we're feeling any major pressure in the pelvic floor, we definitely want to make some adjustments. Yes, yes. And what would you say are some of the biggest benefits of maintaining strength training through pregnancy? Yeah. Because I think that's also something that people like okay I can't lift weights I'm pregnant now right. nothing heavy right I'm like ooh but wait <laughs> if your doctor's telling you don't lift over 20 pounds they are not current on the research yes. and like <laughs> if there's a health reason behind it maybe like obviously take your doctor's advice right but if you are a low risk healthy pregnancy yeah. and they're saying don't lift anything heavier than 20 pounds I'm like let's all reevaluate just correct a yes right? yes absolutely <laughs> Um, I actually forget what your question, the original question was. I was just saying, like, what is the benefit of maintaining this strength training through pregnancy? I would start with mental health. Yes. Um, I really encourage, this is for all people that I work with, but especially for someone who's going to be a first-time mom or second or third or fourth, it doesn't matter. I think it's really important that we make time for ourselves. Mm -hmm. And that allows you to just 
get away from everything to focus on you. And I hope that it continues in postpartum. Um, I know we tend to put our needs on the back burner, society in general, in the postpartum phase and, mm-hmm. and beyond, well beyond the, that first year. Um, but I hope that it teaches you the importance of prioritizing you and what feels good for you. And physically, we know it has a ton of advantages. So it can help with your postpartum recovery. And that's Mm -hmm. probably the first thing that I talk about with clients is I'll ask you, what do you want postpartum to look like? Instead of just what are we focusing on right now? What do you hope Mm -hmm. to get back into after you have your baby? Because that is going to impact how we train. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think that, again, creating these habits prenatally that can transfer into postpartum, I imagine, and in my own experience, I would say was huge for me. And getting in the habit again of prioritizing your self-care and being there and showing up for yourself postpartum because to transfer this societal <laughs> shame that we already feel move to the postpartum bounce back culture is huge yeah. and not to say like ingrain in your head during pregnancy like work out you'll be healthier postpartum yeah. like in no way in that vibe no. it's saying like from a health standpoint you can do so much for yourself if you do choose to exercise postpartum and I imagine in working with postpartum clients you do see a lot of probably postpartum depression postpartum anxiety mood disorders things that kind of happen naturally within our bodies because of the hormone shifts we're going through and how would you say helping someone work through exercise kind of affects those mood things they're going through well we know through research that it helps with depression we know Mm -hmm. through research that it helps with anxiety i know through my own experience and i don't want to going on meds for depression anxiety is awesome i've been there i've been on them and that is a great tool that we have right exercise is another tool that we have Mm -hmm. and we know sometimes we need both of them together sometimes one of them works great and that's you have to figure out what works best for you And I know from my own experience with my daughter, when I was dealing with depression, that's what I was talking about with my midwives is, what are we going to do? What's the plan? And I was like, I know if I can get myself back into the gym, I will feel better. I hadn't been in the gym at all for weeks. And so I was like, let me just see how I feel for two weeks doing this one thing that I know always helps my mental health. And it worked great for me. Had it not, we would have gone on meds. That would have been right away what we would have done. And I still would have continued to move my body. So... When we're working out, especially postpartum, it's never a bounce back vibe. It's never Thank like, you. I want to get back. And, and I like my clients and for myself too, I like to think I'm not trying to be that person that I was. I have a new child. There yes. is no going back. Yes. I still want to take care of myself. But what does that look like as a mom now? How do I take care of me? How do you prioritize myself with this new life? Because my life is not the same anymore. Yes. So this going backwards... I don't like that. I'm a new person now. Even if I didn't have a kid, I'm not the same person as five years ago. So how am I moving forward with who I am and my growth? I'm not trying to go backwards. I want to move forward in my new life. Yes. Oh my gosh, Lindsay. I'm like, sign me up. I need to (laughs) literally be your client. No, I think, again, that's just, it's such a huge mindset thing. And that's kind of been the blanket thing of our whole conversation. But enabling someone to take on the mindset of we're moving forward, Mm -hmm. not back massive that is so massive and I feel like in in my own experience working with women in the women's health field and seeing all the mental health challenges that we're facing now 
It's actually crazy. I, I don't know the, suspe- the specific statistic, but the raise in like preeclampsia and in high blood pressure and people who are medicated during pregnancy for mood disorders has increased astronomically since the pandemic. And obviously, I think we were all under extreme stresses and those were circumstances that weren't really in our control. And we all have a bodily response to that. But knowing and enabling someone with tools that they can use to, you know, help their body in whatever way they need, be that being medicated, be that enabling them to know they can exercise and get some endorphins going, whatever that exercise look like, be that jumping into nutrition approaching your nutrition in a way that is healthy and balanced and healthy is kind of a buzzword more just nutritious and balanced and something that will fill in the gaps that really does like boost your mood so let's jump into you being like a kitchen witch I love that in your bio I was like what does that even mean like here we are to sum that up it is cooking seasonally so with my so I have a group program that I do with clients and I'm always releasing recipes to people because everyone okay. wants easy, quick, not yes. too many complicated ingredients. Oh gosh, five ingredients, <laughs> right? <here we> go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we do, I do everything seasonal. So okay. it's just an intuitive way of cooking yes. and my recipes are not something you have to follow exactly, which is nice because yeah. sometimes we don't have everything on hand. We might not feel like going to the store. We might have almost everything. Mm -hmm. I've always tried to provide a ton of different modifications. I do have some clients that are celiacs or have to eat a certain way because of medical reasons. And so um, I would say like 99% of them are gluten-free. It's just easy to do that. Um, Or if there's pasta, you can buy the gluten-free noodles or you can buy the ones that aren't. It's, you know, it's super flexible. Easy modifications. Yeah. And it's intuitive for what works for you. And the majority of them are 30 minutes or less. Super oh quick, gosh. super easy. My daughter's now helping me in the I kitchen with them. It. She loves cooking Great. and That's loves so to, of cute. course, be involved in that process. Yes. So it's really fun. What a special thing that you guys get to do oh, that yeah. together. Yeah. That's so lovely. So how do you get these recipes? Do you like sign up? Yep. For yeah. something? So okay. I have a program. It's called GSD. Okay. Um, all of my recipes are there. Now that I'm back into cooking more, I'm sure I'll be back posting more on social yes. media. But I literally <laughs> did nothing for over two months. And it's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. Fine. Yeah, there was nothing <laughs> happening there. But I do try to share for people that aren't, you know, able to invest in a program right now. I do mm-hmm. try to post. Um, and sometimes if you get on my newsletter, sometimes I'll send out like just some okay. um, ones that we used in that month in the program. So you get a, a feel of what we're doing. Okay. So you have a newsletter, you have yes. your coaching, yep. you have this nutrition guide, yep. pretty much these recipes. Yeah. Amazing. You offer so many things. Yeah, so Where can people find this? Yeah. So this is, it's kind of a one-stop shop. So okay. I even have a couple um, contractors that work for me that do some of the fitness stuff as well. Amazing. And um, the GSD program, I would say Instagram is probably the best bet or my website, okay. um, which I'm sure we can link. Yes, we will um, link everything in, to yes. send people um, that way. But yeah, sign up for my newsletter because I share a lot of stuff on that. And then following me on Instagram. And I'm super, I love to talk to people in the DMs yes. and chat that way. Okay. I yeah. love it. You're so personable and so easy to get a hold of. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so I'm sure people will be sliding right in to get to, get to know you more. Um, just to wrap up, Lindsay, I'm just thinking if there was something as a coach that you could say (laughs) to anybody that's kind of entering their women's health phase of like, okay, I'm actually paying attention to my body because I think we all come into that. I think we kind of go through life (laughs) and don't really pay much attention 
and it kind of hits us at some yeah. point. Usually when we're getting ready to have a baby, mm-hmm. I feel like is kind of where I would say it hits most people and it hit me. But that person who probably has their brain filled with every societal pressure and crazy thing that you know might not lead them into the most positive experience what are you saying to them as a coach as they kind of begin that journey yeah I would tell them to give themselves a lot more credit that they know more about themselves than anybody else people want someone to tell them exactly what to do because we've been taught not to trust ourselves and that's why we're so desperate to or all the time reaching for the next program or the next this or the next that um I think the the best thing I can do is to empower clients to make their own decisions. And we say, one of the phrases I use a lot with clients is step into your power and own your power and own your decisions and embrace failure because Mm -hmm. it's not going to be pretty all the time. And that shows me that you've tried something and that's okay that it didn't maybe go as we wanted it to go. There's always a learning opportunity there and we adjust and approach, approach something a little differently next time. If you're interested in Lindsay's coaching services, I have linked her accounts below. Please check them out, you guys. From this conversation, you can tell that she truly does just have this beautiful perspective on mindset, nutrition, and fitness in a time that can be the most vulnerable of our lives as you have a baby and become a mother and move on into this new phase where everything kind of changes. This perspective and wisdom coming from Coach Lindsay could be everything you need. So please check her out and thank you to her for meeting us and sharing her beautiful wisdom with us today. As always, if you're not already, follow me along on Instagram and TikTok at undereducated.pod and catch us here next week for another episode.